Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help the fellow Amen. Well, we do think we can, and that's why we're here uh, on Blog Talk Radio to talk about it. And that's why we have special guests who can help us connect our faith to the real world around us. And that's what we really like to see come together in this program. And uh, today, uh, we want to especially thank our special guest, for this, uh, do, for doing this, this really a special Block Talk Radio on the day before uh, the Fourth of July, and uh, we're excited about that because uh, this is a gentleman who has has actually just written a book called How to Be a Patriotic Christian: Love of Country as Love of Neighbor. So this will be a very timely discussion, and I want you to. Welcome uh, with us uh, Richard Mao, who is President Emeritus of the Fuller Theological Seminary. That's after serving as president for 20 years. Uh, A senior research fellow in the study of Christianity and politics at Calvin University. Uh, And boy, do we need thinking in that area. And he is the author of numerous books, Uncommon Decency, Christian Civility in an Uncivil World. There's a necessary book. And most recently, as I mentioned, How to Be a Patriotic Christian, Love of Country, Love of, as Love of Neighbor. So please uh, welcome, uh, Richard, we welcome you to uh, Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, thanks, John. It's really great to be with you. And I want to say it's great to be with you, John. We've been friends and known each other for quite a while. And I'm a real admirer and uh, look forward to a stimulating conversation with you. Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, let's just jump right in to the, uh, uh, you know, this is such become such politics has just become so huge in, in America in the last few years. And, uh, uh, and the polarization is getting worse and worse. Um, you talk a lot about common good. And I think that's really important. And, and how we as Christians in the public square, that's one of the things we need to seek is to support the common good. Not, not just that we might, get America running on biblical principles, but that we might support and, and the common good. And, um, but how do we do that, Rich, when, when our country is so divided? Well, I think the, the first thing, and you, you're right, I mean, it's really divided. 
But a, a, a first step is just to emphasize that even though we have deep differences and there are people with whom we strongly disagree because of their lifestyles, because of their 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 value systems, because of their you know their political leanings and and the like, that underneath all of that uh, we do have something in common, and it's it's wrong simply to reduce another person to say their who they voted for, you know, their their political allegiance. There's, and more and more, it's so necessary for us to uh, to go beyond the the surface kinds of things, which admittedly are very important. Mm-hmm. But to what we have in common with them, and from a, a Christian biblical you, what we have in common with them is that we are creatures of God mm-hmm. and we are created in God's image mm-hmm. and so there's a sense in which even a, a person whom we, with whom we strongly disagree uh, we need to affirm what the Bible affirms and that is that that we're, we're, we share the fact that we are creatures of God and that we're more than political allegiances. We're, we're more than our lifestyles. You know, I, I've been quoting this a lot. Uh, a wonderful Christmas carol with this one line. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee. And that uh, we, we need to get beyond you know, who, who the person voted for and realize that beneath all of that there are hopes and fears, and we ought to want to understand those things. And so, mm. Mm. A, a willingness to learn from a person's journey, uh, mm. so that we don't just say, "Well, you vote for so and so, I, I don't like you." But that, uh, what are the things that have shaped your life? Uh, what are the, what are the things that are your deepest hopes and are your deepest fears? Well. That's, you know, in, in your book, you talk about the fact that this, this kind of seeing and understanding across, across these barriers is, a, is, is something that's going to take moral and spiritual schooling. And uh, I, yes, I, yes but, but Rich, who's going to do that? Who's going to do the moral yeah. and spiritual schooling that we need? Well, you know, I always want to begin with, Home. That, uh, uh, you know, here it's a kind of interesting little, little observation. But that the family meal is a schooling situation. Hmm. Now it's a sitting, sitting. It's it's one of those those times in our lives. Sorry, Brian. Yeah. One of those times in our lives when we often have to sit for 41, 45 minutes <laughs> with people that we're really irritated with. <laughs> but we're at the table. And uh, that's so important. That, uh, uh, and, and even sharing meals, that's, that's very more important too. And, you know, the family meal is one of those places in our, in our lives where we, 
we learn better. We learn how to sit with people who, uh, even though they may be a brother or sister or cousin, uh, and they're, they're, we still share something in common. Hmm. And I think uh, uh, friendships, but I think reaching out uh, to other people. Uh, I was on uh, NPR radio one time, a national show, and uh, we were talking about sexuality, and they they had me in dialogue with uh, a person who represented a very different uh, view of sexuality and a very different lifestyle. And he got kind of angry with me at points. You know, my religion was kind of oppressive and cruel, and we were going back and forth. Hmm. And finally I said to him, uh, you know, we're on the radio and you know, people are listening and cheering my people are listening and cheering me on. But wouldn't it be great if you and I could just get out of that back and forth with crowds and uh, close the doors and just really talk? And I can say to you, what is it about Christians like me that bothers you so much? What, you, what is it that you're afraid of with me? I really want to know. And that you can say to me, what is it about my life my life with my partner uh, that you find so threatening? And we could really just talk to each other without having to win an argument, and just mm-hmm. try to find out who we are as human beings. You know? huh? And he said, that's wonderful. That's great. Well, it was a... They had people going in with comments and questions. And the first call said about me, why would you have a guy like me on your show? Or tomorrow, you're going to have a, a slave owner uh, defending slavery. And I've got to say, to his great credit, my friend, I mean, my dialogue partner, let me take that. And I said, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. This is precisely the kind of conversation that we need if we're ever going to get beyond just yelling at each other and accusing well, each other of things. And I, I think that, you know, when we're getting beneath the surface of our, our lifestyle, our political beliefs, and trying to find out something about each other, where we share a common humanness, you know, hmm. and that's hmm. biblical. You know, I, I talk about, uh, and I, you know, you, you know this, I, I wrote my book on civility, which is basically taking other people seriously when we really disagree with them. Uh, From a a line from the great Lutheran thinker Marty in one of his books said, you know, people who are civil these days uh, don't have much conviction. And people who have strong convictions aren't very civil. And he says, what we need is convicted civility, you know. And I thought a lot about that. And, you know, a, there's a biblical basis for that. Uh, uh, for 1 Peter chapter 3, uh, it's a verse that got preached at me 
a lot of my teenage years, and that's fine. But it says, always be ready to give to anyone who asks of you a reason for the hope that lies within you. Mm. And that's civility, you know? I mean, that's mm. strong conviction. But seldom did they go on and say, read the rest of the verse, but do so <laughs> with gentleness and reverence. Mm. And that idea that when we're in the presence of another person with whom we disagree, God wants us to speak the truth, hmm. to speak out of the depths of our convictions, but to do it with a gentleness and reverence toward another person mm-hmm. who bears the image of God. And that's so wow. It's a... Uh... Just listening to you, Rich, it sounds like we almost need a we need a higher view of humanity. Um, yes, is, is that the right way to say it? I'm not sure, but I think oh, you know what. I'm saying. No, I think that's uh, I think that's absolutely right. I think in order to engage in genuine dialogue with another person, we need to have a view of humanity that that that. We enter that dialogue with a kind of respect and even a curiosity hmm. about what makes them tick <laughs> as human beings because we want to understand our fellow human beings better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and that certainly would contrast the way most dialogue is going right now, which is, is actually bringing things down. Don't you think? I mean, we're, we're tearing each other down rather than, yeah. than holding each other yeah. up in any kind of yeah. manner. You know, wow. I was reading recently about a very devout Christian Catholic who uh, he could be pretty, pretty rough on people with whom he disagrees, you know. But I did not know this, but he was a longtime friend of George Bernard Shaw, who was anti-Christian. Hmm. Uh, and yet they were friends. And Christensen hmm. was once asked about that. Uh, how, how do you, as a Christian, with such strong convictions, uh, get along with George Bernard You know, there's a lot of quarreling that goes on these days, but very little arguing. <laughs> huh. you know, quarreling is probably good to you know, turn away. Uh, but he said it really takes a lot of work to argue. Quarreling is easy. And that sense that uh, he wanted to engage George Bernard Shaw and learn from him even as he argued with him. And the problem is that we have a culture of quarreling today. Yeah. And there's not much arguing. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, it occurs to me that um, uh, part of the problem, don't you think, is, uh, is really the way the Internet has divided everything I mean, we have algorithms that that uh, automatically put us in the camp of people who already agree with us. And, yeah. and how do we get across that? How 
you know, it's almost like we have to be intentional, it seems like, about getting to know people who are different than we are. Right. Yeah. And that's it's difficult. And it's certainly very difficult for us as Bible-believing Christians because, uh, you know, we go to church, we go to prayer groups, we have small groups, uh, we book, book club people, and, and it's good. We want to share fellowship as, as Christians. But I think, you know, it might be a good idea to build into that idea of adopting someone that we disagree with and really try to get to know them, you know, hmm. and uh, put ourselves in situations where uh, we, we we do learn from other people. When I was a, a, a little kid, I, I pastor's home, uh, church how many times a week, you know, both times on Sunday for a meeting and, and other things. And I've, I've never understood this and my parents are gone, so it's too, too late to ask them. But they <laughs> wanted me to be a Boy Scout, you know. <laughs> and they, 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 they encouraged me to go to a local, very liberal church that had a Boy Scout troop, and I went. And there were, you know, I'm the school that I went to was all white, but then this Boy Scout troop, there were black kids, there were uh, Latino kids, I mean, many of them fine Christians, but there was one Jew in the group, one Jew, Bobby Silverstein, and he became my best friend. Mm-hmm. And, and that was a real gift in my life. Mm-hmm. That uh, I had to honor the fact that there was a person whose religion was different than mine. We disagreed about some of the most basic things in religion, and that is about who Jesus Christ is, you know. Mm. But, mm. but he was my friend. And I'm, I'm, I'm deeply grateful for that experience in the Boy Scout. You know? Wow. And uh, we, we need to build those things into all our lives, whether it's finding ways to get together with our neighbors and find out more about them or, uh, or, or, or finding ways where we can argue as a community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, you use a phrase in your book I've never, I've never encountered before. Um, I'd love to have you talk about this a little bit. It, the phrase is contemplated in God. Can, yeah. can you talk what that means, Rich? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I get that. I mean, it's a line from the Reformation leader, uh, John Calvin. Mm. And he says that we need to contemplate uh, even our enemies as they are seen by God. Mm. And that, that contemplation idea is, a, is an interesting one because we, we see the surfaces. We see people and hear people about who they voted for, what their favorite TV shows are, what they believe about marriage and sexuality and all the rest. But those are those are important issues, but they're but they're surface issues, and uh, and we need to get beneath the the surface. You know, I once worked in a factory where I. I really disliked the night watchman I was on the shift. And he always had a 
chat with me, and I was trying to do my work. And if I had a break, I had to studying. I had to do, and he really irritated me. And yet one night, you know, he was talking, and he said something about Ernie, and I said Ernie who? And he said Ernie Hemingway. <laughs> and I said, what do you know about Ernie Hemingway? He said, well, I was his fishing guide every summer for three summers in a row. Oh, my. Uh, and uh, we spent all day together, and we slept in a tent together. Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I saw I saw him <laughs> in a very different light. You know? And uh, I wanted to hear more from him. He didn't irritate me anymore, you know, because he knew her, Ernie, and that surprised me. He wasn't a well-educated guy at all. And uh, and and yet, I I I think that I that was a case where I came to see him in a different way. This was a guy who slept in a tent with Ernest Hemingway, you know. And to find out that, uh, and and I've had this a person that I really dislike, and and then I find out that. One of their children was killed. Hmm. And hmm. I began to see that person as a grieving person, you know? Hmm. Hmm. As a hmm. person is desperate right now. And wow. so you see the person in a very different way. And hmm. I think it's important for us not just to wait that those things happen, but to yeah. but to take it for granted that the most obnoxious person that we know probably has things going on in the deeper places of his or her life hmm. uh, that makes them desperate, that brings them grief. And that's not always possible, obviously. You know, I'm not going to get uh, get too excited about the fact that Hitler may have had some grievings in his life. You know, there are those unusual situations. But, uh, but there are times, and, and I think if, as, uh, you know, I, I, I think we, we all recognize the person at work that you really dislike, uh, you should learn to pray for them. And that's a way of contemplating them mm-hmm. in, a, in a very different way. Yeah. No, that's beautiful. Beautiful. Well, um, tomorrow's the 4th of July, and, uh, uh, you know, we all kind of get patriotic this time of year and your book your recent book is talking about uh that very thing and uh you know christians are are kind of conflicted over this these days and uh we have we have some people who think that we should be a christian nation and that we need to take back america and we have other people who you know uh, say no, no. This is a secular company, uh, country. Uh, we we just need to, you know, seek the common good. And and uh, where where do we? What's the right way to think about that? Is America supposed to be a Christian nation? Um, what's the right way to think about patriotism uh, as we look towards uh, the Fourth of July tomorrow? Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, you know, I think it's a pretty basic principle that we not try to, in a political sense, uh, impose Christianity on a on on a on a country 
we're that's pluralistic. We're people. There are many, many people in that nation, and and imposing a Christian framework on the nation, I think, is a mistake. Because what God wants is for human beings to freely offer their faith and their obedience to God, hmm. and hmm. Uh, and so the freely offering. Uh, it really stands in contrast to, well, we're going to impose Christian values on We're going to vote this kind of thing. Uh, we're going to legislate against it so that you can't, you can't live in accordance with that. And, you know, the best way of encouraging people to freely offer their obedience to the God of the Scriptures is to model what it's like to do that. And when we're angry with them and we're trying to trying to defeat them, you know, or mm. keep them from doing things that we think are wrong, uh, that that goes counter to the idea of encouraging them to freely offer their lives to God. Mm. Uh, you know, in the Old Testament. Israel had lived in Jerusalem for many years, and then the people were carried off into, into um, um, basically, you know, being refugees in, in the land of uh, the city of Babylon, which is a very mm-hmm. wicked city. And they were wondering, how can we be, how can we be believers in, in the true God here? And then God said to them, through the prophet Jeremiah, uh, you got to build houses here. You got to have children and only them off and multiply in the land. He said, but most of all, uh, pray for the city and and seek its welfare, hmm. so that in its welfare you will find your welfare. You know. And wow. uh, the word for welfare there is shalom. It's a flourishing. We also want our fellow citizens to flourish and be grateful for what happened and the origins of our nation when mm-hmm. there were courageous people who wanted to create a nation of people who, well, uh, people could flourish life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness and that we have to witness to the fact that as we seek their well-being, that uh, how, what we have found to be a way of life, a way of exercising liberty, and a way of pursuing happiness that gives deep meaning to our lives as believers. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm grateful for the United States. I love America. Mm-hmm. And, and we have to love it enough to sing, God bend every flaw, bend our every flaw. You know? mm. God correct mm. us, because America has become a great nation, uh, not because we're a special people and we're better than everybody else, mm. but because we have ideals that can guide us in bending our flaws. Mm. And there were flaws right there at the beginning. Just the fact that all men are equal, and that meant not women. <laughs> yeah, that meant not Native 
peoples that were not the black slaves. And but gradually we have worked through great conflict to mend our flaws and mm. to maintain our integrity as a nation, which is now under under uh, criticism and, and, and a dangerous place. But to um, but to be grateful for what is good in our past and to keep reminding ourselves that that we are a great nation because we have great ideals. And that's what we need to celebrate as well. Ah, beautiful. Well, what's your idea? What's your idea of a good Fourth uh, of July, Richard? Barbecue, <laughs> being with uh, friends and loved ones, hmm. playing games, uh, watching games, uh, <laughs> but also finding uh, a quality time in the day to reflect on what we have been as a nation and what we hope we can become and even to commit ourselves to uh, uh, before the next 4th of July having done some things to try to improve uh, the way of life of our our fellow citizens. Yeah. Ah, Beautiful. Well, Rich, uh, I hope you and your your wife and uh, family have a uh, wonderful fourth and thank you so much for uh spending some time with us today um this is very very encouraging thank you rich god bless and to you too john yeah bless yep. you yeah thanks okay bye-bye fantastic bye-bye you're listening to the well, there you go Listen to it again if you need to. Uh, you have to listen hard, but you can get it. Uh, lots of wisdom there. Happy Fourth of July. God bless you. We see you on Tuesday. <laughs>